Welcome to C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time. You know what Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. You've seen him on Jimmy Fallon and all over the place. He has a brand new comedy special that came out just recently uh, on the 25th of September. Uh, Cult Classic. It's on the Nate Land YouTube channel. And we'll put links to that on our show notes. We're talking to comedian Joe Zimmerman. Joe, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for your time. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you, man. You as well. Thank you for having me. Delighted well, to be- yeah, of course. So you're on the road right now, which is very cool. So thanks for your time. Let's talk about the special. This is always big when a comic puts a special together. It's a badge of honor in some ways and really kind of a big deal um, when you have enough material <laughs> to put a special together. How did this come about? I know it's a pretty general question, but it's different for every comic. And I think our listeners and viewers would find it interesting because it's quite a process to get from working out material to being able to really put your stamp, your stamp specifically on something and put it out for the public to be able to consume. Yeah. Well, I, I did my first album, one hour album audio 2014. And then I, and I, and then I wanted to do a, a video special after my next hour around 2018, but, uh, didn't really have any takers, which is not a surprise. So I put out another audio album and it actually did really well. I'm happy with that. So I had two audio albums hours out. And then around 2019, I started working on this new hour, which ended up going through the pandemic. Um, And I just decided to wait um, because I'd always wanted to do a one hour special, a video and audio special. I decided since I'd already done two audios, I would just wait till I found the right um, person that was interested in, uh, in backing the special uh, production company and all that. And uh, so I had the hour ready to go and I was just fortunate that Nate Bargatze had started this entertainment company and he was looking for clean 
specials. Yeah. And sent him what I had. I sent him what I had and he wanted to do it. So he directed it. Uh, and uh, it was a, so it was a combination of four years of building material and then waiting to find the right person to get behind it. Well, I mean, Nate, you couldn't ask for a better support. I mean, that guy, well, you're amazing. You all are amazing. And I say that because I find uh, what you do, just generally speaking, so different. And it's just, it's so fun to watch the craft get on stage, tell stories, tell jokes. I, I'm here in Colorado in Loveland and they do local comedy a lot. And they had a major headliner last night performing at this brewery uh, for like 20 people and to get up on stage and to master it. There was a kid in the audience, which was so weird. I'd never seen that at a comedy show. And he was literally doing crowd work with a four-year-old. It was great. Um, So my point is, is that to be able to do this is really cool. So I'm interested to know like how the conversations, not specifics or, you know, revealing too many details, but when you get connected with a comic like Nate who believes in you and is willing to put their name on your act, I mean, that has to just be so satisfying and really just gratifying in so many ways because that's a big deal uh, to have somebody say, hey, I want to support your work. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And, and, and speaking to that 20-person show with a, a, a kid in the audience, I think that's important to note that uh, you you over the course of building the hour you do all these shows uh, I've yeah I've, in the last year I've done a show for six people and I've done a show for ten thousand people yeah um, so you have quite a variety of <laughs> yes venues and crowds and ages and demographics all over the country and uh, and in this year in Australia as well so you perform for all of these weird, weirdly different environments. Uh, and some of them are very challenging, but o- over the course of time, it does, it's all about, you know, building up this material that works in different situations. And so, yeah, that's part of it. What what that headliner did was just sort of, you know, normal. And the next night he might've been performing for 500 people who, in a theater. Yeah, he will be this weekend at the Comedy Works in Denver uh, opening for Mal Hall. So it's interesting, like this whole process. I want to take I want to wind the clock back a bit because you get a spot on The Tonight Show or with Jimmy and you do these things. But I want to know, like, once you do that, is the phone ringing off the hook or is it just on to the next thing? And you're just grinding it out to get to this place of recognition where you have a special. How does that work for you? Because, again, what you do is so uniquely different than any other art form, I think, personally, uh, because it's just such a special moment to get like recognized like that. Oh, so yeah, for the one hour special I just did, it came out a week ago. Um, I've gotten a lot of nice texts and emails and phone calls, but it's mostly from friends. And then, you know, some people that follow me on Instagram and, and other comedians. Um, so that's been really nice. Uh, it just, it feels good. I would say as far as phone ringing off the hook, 
before I did comedy, ever did comedy and didn't really understand comedy, I picture, well, it's hard to picture, but you kind of picture you go on stage and if you're good, you know, if you're good, you know, a Jimmy Fallon calls you the next day yeah. or whatever, or, uh, or Judd Apatow hears about you within a week if you're, if you're good. But in reality, and most of the good comedians I know, the phone is never really ringing. <laughs> it's never really ringing with like, with like industry or television. I would say you get a lot of messages from from people that like your comedy just around the country. But the phone is never ringing until it's funny uh, going on tour with Nate. Now that he's got three, uh, he's got two Netflix specials and. A- Amazon special and now that he's doing gigantic arenas and he's basically famous I mean walking around the streets in any given town people stop him and ask him for a photograph so he's yeah. he's famous now and now his phone is ringing off the hook so I would say your phone does not ring off the hook until you are actually a celebrity like, <laughs> when, you're doing, when you're doing arenas uh, when you're doing arenas that are selling out immediately, then your phone is ringing off the hook. Like Taylor Swift's phone is ringing off the hook. Yeah. But before that point, no, your phone is, your phone is not ringing off the hook. Um, it's mostly just you reach out to people and build up friendships over the years and, uh, and people get to know you by reputation. And uh, so Nate knew me by reputation and we'd cross paths many times uh, over the years and and uh it's more like a relationship that builds over over the course of time yeah. yeah i mean and what a great person to be touring with adam carolla told a funny story when he started out in doing stand-up and then kind of realized that that wasn't his thing per se he got into podcasting and blew up and then goes okay now i have a loyal following i'll go back to stand-up but he did the tonight show <laughs> with jay and he thought that he thought he thought the phone would ring off the hook the yeah. next day, uh, the payphone, as he jokingly says, but it didn't happen that way. It just kind of went stale. It's like anything you have to really discontinue to work and grind it out and become this machine where you're constantly writing and doing things. And then the relationships come for you. Do you enjoy writing and putting material together what is your process? Do you write things down, go to the club, work it out? Or are you a go on stage and take a premise type of guy and just see what sticks to the wall? Um, yeah. So that's two things. I want to follow up on the Corolla thing. That's so important is that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about you just continuing to do it, what you want to do. Corolla yeah. is so great at I don't know if people realize how great he is at, at just talking. He's so good. I mean, I'm mesmerized by that guy. I saw him here in Denver and it's just like the most fascinating thing. It's like listening to Bill Clinton, you know, yeah. you're just like seduced by the conversation. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. Like people don't realize that just talking, talking for a long time and being interesting is an, is a skill. And he's a, he's at the high end level of just talking and being able to talk forever and make it yeah. interesting. Um, most people cannot do that. If you listen, you know, if you, if you're in conversations, I can only imagine what he's like in a conversation at a party, but uh, 
But so, and then to follow, yeah. And to follow up on that, I've heard so many comedians say there are comedians out there that, that feel bad that, that no one's giving them anything, but that's just not how it works. That's just not yeah. how it works. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody gives you anything in, in music or comedy or any of the show business, silly jobs. There's nobody giving you anything. It's all just you continuing to do your thing. Um, and then for writing, your next question on writing, uh, I I love writing. That's that's one of my favorite parts is just to sit in a coffee shop and come up with ideas. Um, and so I would say I'm a premise. I, I, I'll come up with a premise that I think is interesting. And then I'll just play or go down different, uh, choose your own adventure paths. I'll go down different paths and... Uh, Maybe after you find three or four different avenues, um, you find one that that you think might click with a with a, a you know an audience of people and strangers. And then I you love test it. it. I mean, you test it out on stage. So when you go to the clubs and work things out, do you jump in with just all new material from the bat, or do you do some greatest hits where you know it's going to work, and then maybe at the last 10, 15 minutes you'll tag on new jokes how do you work in that way because that's another part of your craft that i find so fascinating because you'll go to a club i didn't learn this until later on where you go see like a joe coy and it's hit after hit and then all of a sudden you'll see some new jokes weaved in there and you go oh, that's kind of funny i get it it's great you know uh and you laugh whether it's comfortably or uncomfortably <laughs> depending on what you're talking about, and then it comes out in a special, say a year or two later, and you go, oh, I remember that joke from that point, or I do remember him using one or two lines. How does that work for you, my friend? Because you're funny, and I really do mean that, and I'm not gaslighting when the chance came to talk to you. I was like, hell yeah, I love this guy. I've seen him all over the place, and I want to get to know him a little bit better. So how does it work for you? When you're performing, say you're getting ready to go on on tour with Nate, you know, does he have input on what you should do as far as like, hey, this works good or this doesn't work good? Like, what is your process? Um, I Yeah, I think new material and doing new material and greatest hits, I think is one of the hardest things and one of the most often misunderstood things from from the audience point of view. Yeah, I think audiences do not realize across the board that when a comedian tries a new joke, it usually isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, just because it's new. I mean, that's where you work stuff out. I get that. So usually a new joke isn't very good and and there'll be there'll be parts of it that work and the comedian will then take those parts and try to build off of those over the course of, of time. And, you know, over the course of six months, a joke will go from being bad mediocre to good or if it never gets to good they'll you know they'll just toss it in the garbage can after a few months but yeah. uh usually, usually and so the 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 challenge is that audiences don't often realize it's new and so audiences will just kind of be like ah i didn't like that one <laughs> and and and, and <laughs> they, won't realize, yeah. they won't realize that six months from now that might be the their the person's best joke the banger man for for a really big show yeah and then the other difficult thing is that so so then you have to, if you're doing an hour of material you have to do some of your best jokes and, and that could be another difficult thing if a person saw you 
three months ago that they might be like, well, you're doing the same jokes. And it's like, yeah, it takes more than three months to, to turn over a new hour. So I think that's a perspective thing. I think it, you know, it, the best comedians turn over a new hour every, uh, every 18 months or so. And so if you see a comedian once every two years, you're going to see hopefully a good, you know, a fully new hour. But, yeah. but if you see less than two years, you're going to see some some repeats, and then and then you have to understand that they have to they have to do new material at some point in front of a live crowd. So at some point they're going to disappoint some people with their new material. <laughs> That's okay. I think just being able to go to a club with 200, 300 people and watch you perform is really good entertainment. You know what I'm saying? And I think you want to have a good night and you want to laugh. And if you're working clean, I think to me, I I like seeing comics no matter what, but if they are working clean, I think that's fun to, uh, that's why I think Nate is so unique is the fact that he's made that conscious choice, you know, to do that. And it works for him. And I think that's really good. Now I want to ask We're we're in this age of social media you know, people are posting clips on Instagram and TikTok quite regularly. A lot of it's crowd work. And I've had this conversation with other comedians lately where sometimes, not all the time, where somebody might show up and heckling has now become a thing, so to speak, where they want to get in a clip here or a clip there. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of interesting where they're almost trying to prod or poke the comic in a way so they could make it onto YouTube uh, or wherever it might wind up. How, how, how do you feel about crowd work? Is that a big deal for you? Do you like doing crowd work? I'm interested to know for you, like what your experiences have been doing that, because it seems to be now almost just as big of a thing as opposed to watching something on television or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. I think I think really good crowd work it can be really really good, especially live. Um, there's certain comedians that are just amazing at crowd work. The problem is uh, there's a lot of crowd work that's just very bland. Um, yeah. That I, but if and if I've seen a lot of comedy, then I've then I that I sort of know. You know, like like a question: Where are you from? What do you do for work? Yeah. (laughs) Like those questions, I don't, that to me, that's just a sign that the comedian hasn't put in a lot of creativity on it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really want to see that kind of crowd work. That being said, um, I guess I will say I've often been surprised and confused by what, what ends up taking off and, and, and people in the comedy industry often, Every uh, it's so unpredictable what ends up working and catching on, and I don't think anybody would have guessed that crowd work clips would be the thing on no. TikTok that people are like that are going viral. It's like what's going on here, and I and I the only thing I can guess is that uh, it's kind of like reality TV where people want to see conflict and want to see a train. <laughs> they want to yeah. see a train wreck. And it's the moment and and the crowd work moment is the part where people feel like anything could happen. And it truly is uh, in the moment. 
and, and not rehearsed, which which is true. Yeah, which is yeah. True. It's uh, funny. It, I like that analogy of like reality TV where you want to see like somebody get roasted, but I think although there has to be a balance because if it's really good, the person walks away from unless I'm heckling you outright, then I feel like I deserve to get blasted, so to speak. But if I'm like going out on a Friday night, I want to sit up front. I'm kind of expecting to get messed with maybe because it's like, that's just part of going to a comedy show, I think, is that. You know what I'm saying? Like Andrew Schultz will say, this is what you asked for. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here. But if I'm kind of jerky to you (laughs) in my responses and kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm kind of prodding you a little bit then I guess I could expect to get picked on unless this comic is just not a crowd book comic. But if we're having a little fun exchange, I think that's fun. It's not a, who are you? What do you do, sir, for a living? Oh, I'm a youth pastor. I mean, that's like a big open door, like for a comic to kind of have a little bit of fun. So it's almost, I'm guessing like just as much work and artistic and having the stick to to kind of be able to respond quickly to what a person might say at your shows because you work the way that you do and are performing with who you're performing. Like when you go out to do your 30 minutes or whatever, like do you kind of prepare yourself for those moments that could happen or are you like, okay, we're going to go out and do a fine tuned 30, 40 minutes and just see what happens. Well, like what is your process in that? I think people really do find this fascinating, believe it or not, because it's so cool to watch it all unfurl. Well, uh, it's important to know that each venue calls for something different. If you're in an arena or a theater, it's almost inappropriate and uncomfortable to do crowd work. Okay. Um, if you're in a comedy club, you're you're much closer. It's much more informal and casual. In a yeah. comedy club or a bar situation, that's usually where you see crowd work happening. Okay. So so when you're in a theater or an arena, you you generally prepare your best material um, and you don't expect heckles in those situations. Um, but if you're in a comedy club, you kind of go in with some set pieces where you're like, all right, when the, when there's a check drop, the check drop is one of the hardest parts of of stand-up comedy if you're headlining you're doing an hour so you got to keep people's attention for an hour and around 30 minutes in the the servers will drop checks on the table yeah so they're coming so, in hot <laughs> everybody's looking down at their table signing I mean, often sometimes people aren't happy with the bill um <laughs> so there's these lulls there's these natural lulls throughout the hour where you you kind of want to be prepared to have a set crowd work piece because when you do crowd work all of a sudden people uh spark uh, sparks their attention again they have to be paying attention because anything could happen once again yeah so you want to set crowd work pieces and then you want to be prepared in a comedy club for people uh chiming in there's more chiming in than heckles i wouldn't say there's a lot of heckles but there's occasional chiming in and usually Usually you just play off that. And uh, and then if there's somebody that continues to chime in, uh, it, it, you're like, all right. I mean, it, it's a little bit weird if there's one person that continues to chime in because it shows that they want attention. 
Right. And usually it's pretty easy to, uh, to have fun with them. And then if they're chiming in too much, it's usually pretty easy to, to give them a hard time because everybody else in the room is like, can this person stop talking? Yeah. And it becomes so, annoying at some point. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, but usually it, you kind of want to uh, feel out the room and, and if the room is tired of this person, it's pretty easy to sh- shut them down. <laughs> well, at the comedy fort here, it's interesting because all their menus and drink menus are all QR codes on the table. So you have to use your cell phone to order and to yeah. place orders. So I've seen a few comics get oh, thrown man. initially because they're like people and they're like, what's going on with the phones over here? Oh, I'm just ordering another beer. Okay. I apologize. And then oh. back here, someone's ordering pizza bites you know or chicken wings and it's like they got a qr code their phone and put on their phone so there's a lot of lights coming on regularly and eventually i think comics adjust to it and i think now they try and warn them and go hey fyi this is how it works but i digress i i I think you're funny i love the special it's so smartly written and if people want to watch it and check it out where can they do so and then how can they connect with you on social media, Joe, so they can be a part of what you've created. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's called cult classic. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's on, and, and it's on the Nate land YouTube channel. He's created a whole channel of, of a, sort of a family friendly platform of material that the goal is for him is to not be corny, but to just, just not be just material that you could, you could listen to at work and, uh, you wouldn't have a problem. So I'm on YouTube, uh, cult classic. It, it, it's pretty easy to find. Um, and, uh, eventually the audio version will be out as well on Spotify, um, Apple music, Pandora, wherever you, wherever you listen. And I'm, I'm on Instagram at Joe Zimmerman, uh, posting, you know, the podcast clips and the, and the stand up clips and every now and then, Hey, maybe I'll find a crowd work clip to post. We'll see. <laughs> I love it, Joe. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Very funny stuff. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us today. It's been a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Great to great to hang out with you as well. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.